Amen. You can have a seat. <clears throat> Last week we began a new series of lessons that I'm calling Thankful, and we were thinking about how we can develop a sense of gratefulness to God even when life isn't exactly what we would like it to be. And so we talked especially in Psalm 100 about how God is a great God who engages with us and is always good, and that we can worship this God just because of who He is. And so that gives us a basic bedrock reason for thankfulness at all times. Now, today I want to address a specific topic within some of that that we talked about last week, and that's about worshiping God and thanking Him, being grateful to God, even when we feel like complaining. You know, Phil, I, I pr pretend you're in a restaurant for just a minute that you're, you're sitting in a booth and you're eavesdropping, I mean, overhearing a conversation in another booth, and you hear someone, they're not happy with their food, it's cold, it's not right, whatever it is. The server comes over and they say, I hate to complain. What's the next word? But. I hate to complain, but. And maybe you're thinking, they don't really hate to complain. I can tell by the way they were talking, they don't hate to complain. And it depends upon what kind of person we are. Maybe if you're in the online audience, you can say which kind of person you are. Are you the kind of person who, like, you're going to complain, right? If the food's not right, you want it to be right, and so you're going to send it back until it is right. Or maybe you're one of those people who, it doesn't matter. It can be cold. You can get the wrong order. It just doesn't matter at all. You're not going to complain. You're not going to draw attention to yourself. Which kind of person are you? You know, that's sort of in an everyday kind of experience situation. But what about when it's God? I think even those of us who are more likely to complain to someone else, when it comes to God, we're a little apprehensive about that. Are you allowed to complain to God. When things aren't going our way, what do we do with that with God? You know, I think sometimes we feel a little bit like God owes us something. If life is not the way it should be, I mean, we're Christians, we're followers of Jesus, surely God should fix that for us. God should take care of us in those moments. Back in 2010, Steve Johnson was playing for the Bills, and, and the Bills lost a playoff game to the Steelers because he dropped a pass at the very end of the game. And so he tweeted this to God. I praise you 24-7, and this is how you do me. You expect me to learn from this? How? I'll never forget this, ever. Thanks, though. I don't know if God tweets or not, but... Steve Johnson had a transactional approach to his relationship with God, right? I mean, I do this for you, God, then you owe me this in return. And God, if you do your thing, then I'm going to praise you and give you thanks. It's always, what do we owe each other and we better keep up, we better keep doing what we said we would do, or, or things are not right between me and God, and I'm going to make sure he knows about that. Now, I don't think a transactional approach to our relationship with God leads to a healthy relationship with God, one that's going to grow over time and develop into what God really wants from us and, and really what we want with God. So how do we approach this? When life is not what we want it to be, when it, it feels like God is not responding in a way that we expect God to respond, what do we do with that? 
I want us to think about that specifically this week. And to do that, in just a minute, we're going to turn to Psalm 13. We're staying in the Psalms throughout this series because the Psalms teach us about our relationship with God. They teach us how do you talk to God in lots of different settings in life. And so last week we looked at Psalm 100. A lot of you prayed with me through that this week, just five verses. This psalm is pretty short too. You could read this several times this week. Psalm 13 is just six verses. And it's really divided into what we might call three stanzas, okay? So two verses each. Each one of them says something different about, okay, how do I talk to God when life is not right? So let's look at this first stanza, verses one and two. Psalmist says this, How long, Yahweh? And this is that same special name for God. If you look in your Bible, it's probably all caps, that word Lord. It's the same, it's this name that means I am, okay? I am the God of Israel, the God of all people. How long, Yahweh, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Four times in those two verses, the psalmist says, how long? Now, when he says that, I don't think he's saying, God, I'd like a date for when you're going to solve this problem so I can mark it down on my calendar and I can show up when you're going to show up. I don't think that's what he's saying. I think he's saying, God, this has gone on a long time. And so far, you're not dealing with my problem. So far, you're not solving this issue that I'm having to face every single day. It's right in front of me every day, God. And so far, you've done nothing. The psalmist says, how long will you forget me forever? You know, in the ancient world, if you said that you wanted someone to remember you or you said you were going to remember them, what you're saying is I'm going to act positively toward them. So if I remember someone, I act positively toward them. And the psalmist is saying, God, you you don't seem to remember me. You're not acting for me anymore. It's as though you've forgotten. And how long is this going to go on? Am I going to have to keep facing this? Or God, at some point, are you actually going to remember that I exist? Are you going to do something about my problem? Now, as we read through that, we hear what the psalmist is saying. Maybe if you're a little bit like me, it's like, wow, that's, that's pretty bold. I mean, it's pretty bold to go up to God and say these kinds of things, like right to God's face. God, this is how I feel. It's like you have forgotten me, like you don't show up anymore. But that's exactly how this psalmist speaks. And what we find is, if we read through the psalms, And it takes a while because there's 150 of them. If we read through them, what we find is over and over, psalmists are asking questions like this. How long, God? Are you going to forget me forever? Over and over, the psalmists seem to be asking God these kinds of questions. They are unafraid to ask God really difficult questions. And I think there's a great lesson in that for us. That if it's okay for them to do that, then we can approach God with our really difficult questions as well. Second stanza takes this in a little different direction. Verse 3, Look on me and answer, Yahweh my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. 
If the first stanza is, God, have you forgotten me? The second stanza is, God, I need your help. Because I can't handle this on my own. And God, the reason I need your help is because I'm just done without you stepping in and dealing with this. With this. And the, the people who are opposing me, and they're going to be happy that you didn't show up. So God, it's time to act. You see, the second stanza is all about God. I need you to be at work. And again, I think there's a great lesson for us that there comes a time when we just need to go to God and say, God, I need your help. Now, it doesn't mean God's magically going to take it all away. We'll get to that in a minute. But it does mean we can ask God for help. And we can be very bold in going before God and asking why He hasn't helped. But we can be equally bold in going to God and saying, God, I need your help. I need you to do something now. And then the final stanza, verse 5. But I trust in your unfailing love. Remember that phrase, unfailing love. We're going to come back to that. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for He has been good to me. God, how long? Are you going to just wait on this forever? God, I need you to act. And then finally... God, I trust you. God, I, I trust that you are a God who keeps his promises. There in verse 5, that phrase I said to remember, your unfailing love. That's an English translation of the word we talked about last week, if you were with us or if you were online, the word hesed. That's all about God made a covenant, an agreement with his people, and God said, I'm going to do this for you, and God keeps his promises. It's about God's faithfulness. His unfailing love. God is always, ever faithful. And so we can ask God why He hasn't acted, and we can ask God to act, and then we can trust that God's going to do the very best thing because He's a faithful, loving God. Now again, That doesn't mean we're saying, okay, I just know that whatever my problem is, God's going to take it away and I'm not going to have to deal with it anymore. Well, sometimes God does that, right? I mean, there are some times that God takes something that we're struggling with and then he removes it. He brings healing to us. He heals relationships. He takes the problem away. And there are some times when it's not that simple. When we have to wait on God. And when we find out that what we wanted wasn't really what we needed, all that can come into play. But if we take all three of these stanzas and think about the messages that we get in each one, what do we learn from this about the times when we want to be thankful to God, when we want to be grateful to Him, but we're also struggling with something? Here's what it is. Be honest with God. He can take it. Be honest with God. If you learn something from the Psalms, and this is one of the key lessons, be honest with God. They don't pull any punches. They don't hold back. They just take how they feel, what they're struggling with, and they lay it out before God. They just do it. And I think that's a great lesson for us. Be honest with God because we're talking about the creator of the universe here. We're talking about the one who deals with Satan himself. Whatever it is that you've got in your heart that you're struggling with, God can take it. 
And the psalmists were very unafraid to take that stuff to God. And I think we need to be equally unafraid. Now, as we think about that lesson, be honest with God, he can take it. I think there's three steps that we can take to encourage that in our lives. And they really grow out of these three stanzas that we have in Psalm 13. The first is lay out your concerns to God. Be bold. I mean, if you're struggling with something with God and you're wondering, God, why haven't you acted? God, why did you allow this to happen? Just talk to God about it. He really can take it. So lay out your feelings. Lay out what's going on in your heart. God can take that. Now, I don't think God needs our complaints. That's not helpful to anybody. No one really wants to hear us complain. But if there's something going on in our hearts and in our lives, we need to just lay that out to God and let Him hear it. We need to overcome our fear of asking God the difficult questions. Second thing. Ask God to act. We're talking about a powerful God here. We're talking about a God who can do great things in each one of our lives. And so we need to ask God because there's two truths at work here. First of all, God hears us. Right? We're not just background noise. It's easy for me to think of myself a little bit that way, right? I mean, around the globe, several billion people, right? Okay. Not all of them pray to God because not all of them believe in God, but a lot of them do. So, you got all these people praying to God. It's easy for me to think I'm voice, one voice among thousands, millions, maybe billions praying at any one time. How could God pay attention to, to me? Maybe I'm just God's background noise. You know, I have a, a little space heater in my office because sometimes it gets a little cool in there and... In the middle of winter, it runs about all the time. This time of year, it's on and off all day long. And when it comes on, I notice it, right? Because you hear that noise. But usually it's just a matter of seconds until the noise from that heater running is background noise. And I feel a little bit like I'm that with God. Maybe he hears when I start talking, but then among the chatter of all these millions of people talking at one time, God probably loses track. But that's not the way it works. Again, part of the message of the book of Psalms is that God hears us. He pays attention to us. God hears us, and the second truth is He cares. God cares about what's going on in your heart. It matters to Him if you're hurting. In fact, He already knows it before you tell Him. So you might as well tell Him, right? You might as well tell Him what's going on in your life. What's causing you to struggle and, and even doubt? God can take all that. Be honest with Him. He can take it. And then finally, trust in God's decision. Trust that God knows best. You see, each one of us, we are bound by space and time. Like, I don't know what's going to happen five minutes from now or five hours from now, five years. I don't know any of that stuff. Okay? God does. And so when I take all my stuff to God and ask Him to be at work, and then He doesn't work the way I want Him to work, well, it may be because I don't know what the future holds. He does. He's not bound by space, and I'm only in one spot at one time. And I don't know what's going on in the lives of other people. God does. And He knows how what I'm asking for might affect other people. 
and it might not be the best. And there are times when we just are not going to understand. There are things that we ask God to do that we will never understand why He didn't just do it or why God allowed something that, that we can see seems so negative, so destructive. And we may not get it, but that's when we have to trust in God's unfailing love. That His faithfulness, even when we don't fully understand it, is there. And it goes back to what we talked about last week, right? That God is a good God. Part of His nature allows us to trust Him even when we don't understand everything He's doing. So, here's where we are in this. You're going to struggle in your relationship with God at times. So am I. Because there's going to be times when we're expecting God to act and He doesn't act when we want Him to or maybe in the way that we want Him to and He still loves us, even in those moments. Because He is entirely good and always faithful. So it's up to us. Are we going to be honest with God? We might as well. Because this powerful, almighty God, He can take it. Let's pray together. God, we're thankful that you care enough to listen. Even now as we join together in prayer and maybe some of the things that are on our hearts, our questions, our doubts, our wondering why you haven't acted, you hear all that and you care. God, help us to be as bold as the psalmist in our honesty and our candor with you. And help us to trust that you can handle it. Pray in Jesus' name, amen.